What is up, Cycling Oklahoma? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in for another fun episode. Uh, this one, I mean, I say it's different a lot, but this one kind of is, kind of not. Me and Saxby, uh, who is my partner for this wild adventure called Cape Epic that we are doing in 2024, uh, sit down and we chat a little bit and kind of get to know Saxby a little bit more, kind of a little bit about his background of how he ended up in Oklahoma and his history with the bike and things like that. So it's a pretty cool story. Saxby's one of my absolute best buds and has been an absolute rock in my life over the last handful of years. And so we decided to tackle Cape Epic and we threw it out there and he said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And we signed up and got in. So we kind of go over what this race is all about. We will do a couple of episodes throughout the year, just like updates and they'll be shorter. This one's a little bit longer because we cover Saxby's background, like I said, but uh, we'll do some training updates throughout the year, just kind of some little one-off episodes for fun, just to keep everybody posted and how things are progressing and kind of let people follow along in this adventure that we have. So I hope you enjoy this episode and And we do have some really fun guests lined up that I'll be recording with in the next couple of weeks. So I think some of the episodes coming up, uh, people are really, really going to enjoy. I will tell you that we are going to do a spinoff episode. Hopefully I can get it out next week sometime at the end of the week uh, before the end of May for sure. Kind of doing maybe some race series episodes throughout the year. Kind of give me your feedback on those. It's an idea I'm throwing out there. I don't know if you're going to like it. You may hate it. It may be boring. It may suck. It may be outside of my wheelhouse for editing. I don't know. But rule of three will be episode number one. And we'll do some interviews with some riders from Oklahoma before and after the race. Uh, I will have a special co-host for these racing uh, episodes. So you're going to have to tune in to find out who that's going to be but I promise you it will be entertaining. The content may not be great, but there will be entertainment had. So join in. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Um, And like I said, always, if you have ideas or suggestions of how we can make this better, people that can be on here, people we got to interview, then please reach out and let me know. But I greatly, greatly appreciate everyone who listens to this. Our download numbers are definitely climbing again, which is awesome to see. And I cannot thank you guys enough for listening uh, to all the awesome athletes that we have out in Oklahoma. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you don't like this episode, then please let me know and we won't do any future ones. But if you like it, let me know what kind of questions you have for us um, as far as our training, as far as our equipment choices. If you have any feedback and know of anyone who has done Cape Epic, we would love to talk to them to get any insight that we can. So enjoy and we will talk to you soon. Mr. Saxby Stratinger. Speaking. <laughs> First off, <laughs> before we get into this, thank you, senor, for the beverage. Talking about hospitality, I walk in and uh, the beverage was being finished, the finishing right. touches. So, a, a, a good friend makes you a drink when you walk in the door, and a great friend has one waiting for you. Brilliant. <laughs> I like it. It's delish. Mm-hmm. So, if you hear Ice Cube's clanging in the microphone <laughs> too bad it's good deal with it <laughs> so um but good for us good for us good for <laughs> us so this is gonna be a little bit different um episode but we're gonna have multiple episodes between me and you because we decided to do something stupid or adventureful stupid whatever you want to call it eh, tomato tomato exciting <laughs> 
a life memory. Right. Um, I came to you, gosh, it's been at this point about a month ago. And I shot you a text and said, hey, Saxby, I want to do Cape Epic. We should do that sometime. Yeah. And my timeline was like within the next five years. And then in true Saxby fashion, you're like, cool, I'll get back with you. Like two hours later, I get like four text messages with basically our trip planned <laughs> and registrations in tw- like 48 four, hours. 48 hours, yeah. Yeah. And um, so now we're doing Cape Epic. Well, it was serendipitous timing because mm-hmm. you texted me while you were watching it mm-hmm. and registration opens immediately after the conclusion of the race or mm-hmm. whatever within a day or two. And... Uh, I figure there's no time like the present and the lottery system is, well, the, the early bird lottery system is such that, you know, a lot, much like a lot of these big races, you essentially have to be sitting at your computer at the exact second when uh, race entry opens up and you essentially just have to be, you essentially just have to be lucky and you know click register at the exact right time and you know the stakes are much higher the costs are much higher and the number of people clicking register is much higher for this race um so i figured we should just throw our name in the hat because it you know in all reality it's probably going to take several goes well that was kind of my thought (laughs) was like hey saxby we should do this thinking i had like a three-year window to make this happen until whoopsies yeah and i was like (laughs) damn it how'd that happen now we gotta do it so um and if you guys can hear um a sweet dog in the background huffing i mean just gonna have to deal with that too bernard is bernard wants to be on the podcast good for him he's more than welcome um but i knew we were off to an auspicious start when i had to convert time zones to figure out when to register (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like a lot of time zones it was a lot of time zones and then we were trying to like think out loud we had to like say it out loud like four times before we were sure that we were correct on the time yeah yeah so anyways we both tried it goes live at like at 8 a.m oklahoma time whenever yeah. that day is we One tried day. you got in i didn't but it's a two-person team yeah so why don't you give a quick recap of what this event is and then we're going to jump back to uh your story a little bit and how we got hooked into this thing yeah so the cape epic is uh the most epic of the epic bike races and that being essentially a multi-day stage race uh there's I don't know, maybe eight races in this branded series. Um, A handful in Australia, a handful uh, in Europe, and a handful in Africa. And then there's a lot of spinoffs as well. Ryan, you've done uh, Breck Epic, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the same idea. Uh, BC Epic in British Columbia is really famous here in North America. But the idea is you have these, you know, monumental stages and you stack them three five and god forbid in cape epic eight days in a row so (laughs) um but each day is is huge uh you know both in length and and in climbing um and cape epic is you know it's the mount everest of mountain bike racing it's uh certainly the tour de france of mountain bike racing Mm -hmm. pretty i heard it without without 
question. I heard it explained that way several times by several pros that have done it. So I've been taking a deep dive into the podcast, trying to research all that we can on this thing. And numerous times there's been several like professionals either that were on the world tour and or professional mountain bikers that explained it exactly like that, that it's the tour de France of mountain biking, which does not make me feel better, like more honored, but more scared. (laughs) Well, it's a year out. So you, yeah. We, have, we have a long ways to go. Training has begun for me. I don't know about you, but training for <laughs> I, me has begun. I went on a jog earlier today, so I should be fine. And you ra- rode <laughs> 50 miles at 16 miles an hour last weekend. So, yeah, it should yeah, be fine. I'll, I'll be fine. should be fine. Yeah, no problem. But, um, yeah. Well, just to re- go back to the race format. So, it's it's eight days. The first day is a prologue, which is a short day. Short being 25, 20 miles. Um, and then they have a, another short day on day four. Um, but it's, it's, it's eight days back to back of racing without, without a rest day. And a fun fact is, well, two fun facts. One is they change the course every single year. So you have no idea what you're in for. Um, but historically it's been a four to 500 mile race. Um, and it's been around 50,000 feet of climbing. That's the part that scares me more than anything, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not at elevation. That is a huge bonus. And that is a huge bonus, but not in, but it's in summertime in Africa. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Some would say. And then the other fun fact which is why I'm here is it's a two person team format. So I don't know of any other races that are set up like this. they are few and far between if they exist, but you and I have to be racing, riding within two minutes of each other at all times for the entire race. Uh, there are some technicality formality where, you know, if your chain blows up or whatever, I can finish the race without you or vice versa. But essentially, um, the, the race is meant to be ridden right next to each other mm-hmm. for eight days straight. Mm-hmm. So that adds a really interesting, uh, unique element to the race that's not really present yeah, that I, I know of in any other. And that part is like super fun and encouraging and exciting, but also like super scary because then you're like, man, absolutely, you can't be the dud. You don't want to let your partner down. And you know, both of us are going to have that day, at least one of those absolutely. days. So in eight days, we're going to have at least one or two suck days each, at least. Absolutely. Or um, the other one's like, man, I feel good. And the other one's going to be like, man, I'm, I can't, I feel terrible. So I think that's a good healthy fear, though, that will keep us motivated to train that we don't want to let the other one down it's like another layer to the cake of okay well you know i've got all this invested into it and then on top of that another guy's got this amount invested in it and you know his ride his trip is not going to go well unless i show up ready to perform so well i haven't told you this and i really kind of wish i didn't want to tell you this go ahead but we're in a safe place (laughs) I want to be the strong one when we're there. <laughs> okay. So that's my that's my thought in training is I don't want to be the weaker of the two. Which, I assume you will be. Which tell which saying that is bad news because I know your personality, which means that like now I know you're going to work harder. <laughs> so if I could have just like kept it quiet and then you showed up like I'm like damn it Saxby, come on man. 
No. So, no, I think, but that's, that's a good part about us teaming up, I think, as well, is that we're pretty close anyways in riding ability. And as far as, like, technical ability, what we can clear and what we can't, when we go ride stuff, you definitely will try more things than I'm willing to try and always clear them. I haven't seen you eat shit yet. So that's been, it's good. early in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the cocktails have just started. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's always a good thing is that we're very equal spark, even yeah, so as far as climbing sure. and descending and all those kinds of things. So it shouldn't be too much of a problem staying somewhat close to each other. Um, completely. Agree. So I think it'll be a good setup as far as the ability piece of it. Well, you're, my riding partner here so you might as well be my riding partner there might as well i mean and for people that don't know it's in cape town south africa um which i've never been to africa you've been to africa but have you ever been to south africa no i went to tanzania with lauren in 2018 Mm -hmm. climbed kilimanjaro there so add another adventure to the continent this will be good it is a phenomenal continent (laughs) we'll find out I'm not looking forward to the flight. I'm going to teach you an acronym, which I haven't told you yet, Oh, but it's called TIA. Okay. And it comes from the movie Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio. It doesn't come from that, but it's the first time I heard it. And you'll see when you get over there, <laughs> just like experiences you see, you have and things you see and things you hear, you're going to look at me and go, TIA. What does it mean? It means like... You can't even. These things only happen in Africa. Ah, okay. I can't really give you like an off a, off the cuff example, right. but if you some, see something There's, or hear something that is just like so beyond credibility of what could happen in the U.S., you look at me and say TIA. Okay, I have a feeling we'll say that often. Yeah, um, but it's it's an incredible continent. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Um, I have several buddies that I played golf with in college that are from South Africa. So I've already reached out to them, which is uh, awesome. Yeah. So hopefully we can use them as a resource for things. Uh, most are from Joburg, so it's a little bit different, but one has family in Cape town area. So that's a plus plus for us, um, uh, which we might take advantage of that situation. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited for the trip, but I want us to do a couple of episodes along this year. Cause the race is in March of 2024. Um, so I want us to kind of do some episodes throughout the year, just kind of, update people because here's my thinking you get on youtube and you watch like these pros do all this like crazy stuff and they're training and all this stuff i mean it's cool i watch it you know yeah. vegan cyclist stuff he does is wild the impossible routes all that stuff super cool yeah i haven't ever found anyone that's entertaining or someone i want to follow in there that's like the normal guy right doing like just normal races and suffering and succeeding in whatever they're doing. So yeah. I kind of want to roll us into that for the next calendar year for a couple of reasons and so Oh, I think it's a great idea. See what happens. I wouldn't like dub you as an average Joe, like you're incredibly fit athlete, but you're right. There's kind of a nice, a nice uh, niche for us there, a market, if you will, yeah. kind of between your quote unquote average Joe and someone that's doing this full time. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, and hopefully, people will follow along the journey as like what sucks in our training and being honest about that and what it's going to take for us to like hopefully cross yeah. the finish line. So you uh, better <laughs> we better cross the finish line <laughs> this is way too far and way too much to not. So, um, taking a quick jump back. Yeah. Let's talk about how, how do, how do we got here? Yeah. Cause that is 
a little bit of an adventure as well. Yep. Um, so you are from Myrtle Beach, from South Carolina, uh, had your life out there, did your thing. Um, and then at some point you decided like, Oklahoma is where my future is, which most people from here are like Myrtle Beach is where my future is. The ocean is where I should be. And you're like, I should move where there's oil wells and wheat. <laughs> well, I heard Take they, me back. I heard they had great scenery here for starters. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, see, you can see forever. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Myrtle Beach and kind of the Myrtle Beach area, Myrtle's Inlet. And... Went to school up and down the East Coast. I, um, When I graduated from college, I had a job at Chesapeake. Um, and I started like three weeks after I graduated. And I vividly remember this conversation I had with my boss at the time, or my soon-to-be boss. And I told him, you know, I love to... I can't wait to start working and, you know, get going. But, uh, I'd love to kind of take a few months off and, you know, travel a little bit before I start this, you know, corporate journey, if you will. And he said, you know, that, that's a great idea. That, that would be tons of fun, but I'm definitely going to find someone else to fill that spot in the interim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, okie dokie. I'll see you, uh, I'll see you in May, May, May 14th. <laughs> so, Welcome to the real world. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I, I packed, like any good college student, I packed everything I owned in my car and, and drove uh, due east on, or excuse me, due west on I-40. Um, yeah, so I originally came out here for Job Chesapeake, and I've been in the oil business uh, for the last, essentially for a decade, 2010 to 2020, and then subsequently I've, I've pivoted to real estate um, in the last several years which is a podcast in of itself. <laughs> um, however, I'm I'm still in both real estate and oil and gas. Wait, didn't you do a podcast about that? <laughs> I I did. Well, are you ja- tagging Max Gagliardi in this? Maybe so. Maybe we should. <laughs> if you want to hear Saxby's full story, there you go. Where? What podcast was that? Oh, Max Gagliardi's got one. Um, cause I know that was a handful of, I mean, handful of months ago, I remember you going in he has a big fancy studio and stuff. Me bringing my laptop over and sitting in your dining room. No, I, I, uh, I like this program as well. Um, he's got a, um, his is much more official, Yeah, but not near as fun. I, I, I had a good time. I had a good time with both of you guys. Oh, um, wrong answer. No. Anyways, Ryan, I'll put a link to I'll that. Put, yeah, I'll put it in, in the show notes podcast. for this. Yeah, we'll if you're put the deeply in. interested <laughs> in, the, in, in the Stradinger story. In, in, the, uh, in the story sorry to, of Sorry to estate. get you off track, but now you're into real estate. Yeah, and so, you know, I've got my professional pursuits, which I'm quite passionate about, and then I have my personal slash athletic pursuits, which I'm also quite passionate about. So... I started getting into the short version recap of that is I started getting into multi-sport that being triathlon right about my senior year of college. I'd always been interested in biking. I had a mountain bike since I could walk. There is no mountain biking in Myrtle beach, but I did my best to ride off road whenever possible. Uh, the first time I really cut my teeth in mountain biking 
was when I was living in New Hampshire, I went to boarding school in uh, the seacoast region of, of New Hampshire in Exeter, and they had a fabulous trail system there that, you know, at the time, I, I don't even think I rode it all. Like, mm. I mean, they had, I don't know, 30 to 50 miles. Wow. Um, so that's really when I started, like, properly trail riding was my junior year of high school. And then I kept riding through college. We had some, uh, we had some good trails in the area. Um, went to school in essentially the Piedmont in North Carolina at Duke, and we had, yeah, probably half a dozen trails within within an hour's drive. So, um, when I moved out here, I was really into running and and biking, but not so much swimming. And then I had a lot of friends at Chesapeake that were uh, multi-sport athletes, and I got talked into doing the Redman Half mm-hmm. the the very first year I was here. So I got talked into doing the Redman Half sixty days before the race, and you weren't a swimmer, and I wasn't a swimmer, and I wasn't running that much either. But I was also like twenty two, yeah, so well, you, you know go. you can just walk out the door and run thirteen miles and be okay. <laughs> So that was my first foray into like long distance events. Mm. Um, and I had a good time and I enjoyed it. Um, then I got into shorter stuff. That's when you and I met uh, the next year, I believe. And I got really serious about doing sprint triathlons and I wanted to go do uh, nationals that was in Vermont that year. So then you were recommended to me by a handful of people. So you were my coach in 20. 11 and 2012, I think. Um, and we just kind of had a professional relationship. Like we didn't ride mm-hmm. or run together. Uh, you were just coaching me. And that was when Miles Dunning mm-hmm. yeah, that Miles. year. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a couple of years, um, you and I started riding together pretty regularly and doing multi-sport races together. We did an Xterra race Mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I DNF'd. Thank you very much. That was an exceptionally hot day. It was so miserable. So miserable. But I loved it. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Not only hot, it was like 147% humidity. And it wilted me. It was a rough day. It was rough. Uh, Do you remember when we were test riding that course, we came across a woman that oh, had broken bro- her wrist yes. oh, on so, the test ride for the race day. Yeah, it was m- disgusting. So, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed uh, off-road triathlon, and I had... Hey, what, hold, hold on. How much do you love off-road triathlon? <laughs> why, don't you, why, don't you plug, why don't you plug yourself here? Uh, have you ever won anything in off-road triathlon? Um, I won a regional championship. Ooh, and you have a shirt, I think, that says says so. I do. Uh-huh. Regional champ. Xterra regional champ. I do. Yeah. I have one of those. Mm-hmm. And then the best I ever did was in 19, I made a run for national championships, and which was, re- which was in Waco. And I got second in age group there, which was a bummer. Um, but I also had like the best run, best finish of my career. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, since then, I've kind of just done mountain bike racing, and which has been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, now we're 
fast forward to this and we're <laughs> training for big events. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you've done multiple gravel events and was it, was it last summer that you went and did a bikepacking yeah, so my, adventure? Yeah. My, uh, cousin Rowan and I, we did a five, five day hut to hut trip. And we were, uh, we started in Telluride and we essentially went to the state line with Utah and a little, tiny town called gateway Hmm. and that was 200 miles and maybe 20,000 feet of climbing and we had a phenomenal time i mean you are you're in the uncompagre national forest you're essentially riding along the spine of that little mountain chain and you're riding twenty between twenty five and fifty miles a day, and going from uh, a it's a primitive hut, so there's no running water, there's no electricity, but it's like extremely well stocked with tons of food and beer. Who and that? Uh, the group that puts it on, the it's company. called San Juan Huts. Okay, super cool. And they come out there, I don't know, every three to five days, and mm. stock it with everything I that's mean, awesome med kits gear lube you know hmm. canned sardines i mean you know it's not luxurious living but for li- being in the back country it's pretty pretty uh mm-hmm. like your sesh yeah it's better than carrying it all with you yeah absolutely so you know that's kind of that's the closest thing that i have an experience to what we're gonna do obviously a whole different animal but kind of the same idea of like riding ragged one day going to sleep waking up and doing mm-hmm. it again the next so what um so bringing this all full circle to cape epic what are you most excited about with cape epic honestly mm-hmm. finishing saying <laughs> that i did the cape epic yeah <laughs> <laughs> here's my shirt <laughs> To anyone? Nope. Just just to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I keep like a very large uh, spreadsheet of tasks and accomplishments that I want to. Was this on your list? Because oh, this yeah. has been on my list for many years. And for many years, I have ignored this because I really, truly, for a variety of reasons, never thought it would be a, even a possible dream to even yeah attempt yeah um and things just worked out and here we are so yeah. um but it was on your list of things that you oh 100 percent. i've kind of got three buckets one is you know mountain bike rides multi-day rides one of them is you know big mountains either climbing or trekking and then one's kind of a a various bucket if you mm-hmm. will uh and I would say at the top of that list is the bike rides. And then of the top of the bike rides is Cape Epic. Mm, Cool. So it's without doubt. I mean, easily top three accomplishments, events um, that I have on my list Mm. without question. I think. And when I, when I sent you the original text, like as of today, was it? April 24th of 2023. As of today, this is my only bucket list item that I have. This is my only bucket list race or event that I have. Nice. I don't have, I mean, not that I'm saying I've done everything, but I just, nothing else is like calling me at this point. Sure. And nothing else is like, man, that's something I have to check off the list. But Cape Epic has been on there for multiple years. 
And then it's so funny because um, whenever I did Breck, I only did the three-day version. They have a six-day version, and you can pick. If you want to do a three-day version, you can do the first or the second three days. You did the the first? I did the second second three days because someone told me you have to do Wheeler Pass. Whoever that person was, I don't remember who it was, is a jackass. Like, not cool. Yeah. Because that's the worst day. Yeah. But I get why it's the best day. Um, And I remember after that event, I was like, I'm never doing something like this again. Like, I don't know how people do six days of this. Like, like, I don't even understand it. Yeah. But then, you know, time goes by and you're like, oh, we should do something like that again. (laughs) And then you're always wanting to do stupid stuff. And so it's (laughs) like, hey, thank you, sir. We should go ride. And you're like, oh, we should ride to like gaiman like no or yukon <laughs> one of the two i don't know which but so that's kind of been a good encouragement and a bad encouragement but yeah i think it's the only one that i want to do it's the only thing that i have on my list to check off good uh, for you. i'm sure there'll be more as no, time we'll, goes we'll, by we'll we'll put some more on there on the interim oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> my my aspirations definitely outrun my abilities by far but that, i'm okay with that that's not that's never a question i'm okay with that yeah um what are you fearing the most? Um, you know, I, I fear the the unknowns. Um, that being like this stomach bug potential issue. A hundred percent, my number one fear. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Uh, you know, as a mountain biker, you always fear mechanicals. Or I guess as a biker, you always fear mechanicals, but it's a very real risk. You know, when you're five ten miles from from help and your derailleur explodes which has happened before um yeah i mean i think we can control the training uh, leading up to it and be in a good position and we can kind of control our travel to ensure that we get to the starting line um on time and in a good place you know we don't want to like show up two days before the event and have a flight canceled. And then, you know, then you're in, then there's a daily flight. Um, so we can work around those, those knowns, but yeah, the unknowns is, is kind of showing up every day to start line healthy mm-hmm. for sure. And then managing the risks on the trail daily. Cause I don't think, I mean, it's going to be incredibly hard, but I don't think from a mental standpoint, either of us, are going to be like, nope, I can't go anymore. I think it's going to, if we do have an issue, it's going to be forced upon us. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I would agree. I think the mental and physical, I think is doable. Um, there will be, like like we talked about earlier, there's going to be some really sucky, low, miserable points for both of us. And sometimes we're just like, man, this, I, I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah. And that's going to happen probably often and probably each yeah. day for both of us, um, which would be nice to have a partner. Um, in those situations for sure, the unknowns, that was what worried me a lot. in that event was like a sidewall tear and there's nothing you can do or your chain breaks and there's nothing you can do. So we'll be trying to plan for all the stuff that we can. Um, I know we talked to Marty and he's going to possibly help us with some trail side, um, triage ideas and thinking, uh, but man, my, so for people that don't know, or never heard anything about this race, there's this thing called Cape stomach and it it seems like one person on almost every team gets it like the cape stomach uh-huh and i'm just hoping it's you and not me coming to a rider near you which means it's probably going to be me <laughs> basically what it is is they don't know what why people get it but clearly everybody gets an upset stomach and it's not it's a you basically have diarrhea and bad stomach cramps but 
that's the only thing that's the wrong with you. Like you can totally ride and you're fine. It's just, it's all good. It's just everything you eat comes right back out. Mm, And so less good. I'm not excited about that situation at all. And that worries me greatly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a big one for me. Um, as far as the actual race and ride itself, is there anything that you're like, man, this is going to be so cool. Oh yeah. I'm, I don't have like a particular day or event that I'm necessarily looking forward to, but I've, I just finished watching all the recaps for all the stages and there looks to be a ton of like fabulously fun mountain biking. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, can get unfun if it (laughs) rains or you're miserable, but there's just like a lot of just plush single track. There's some crazy fun flow down. Exactly. Exactly. Like there are some absolutely fabulous mountain biking. And if you want to see this, you can go to YouTube and just type in Cape Epic and you can watch the whole stage or what are they like? 20? I watch the highlights. They're like 25 minutes They're 25 long. minutes, yeah. yeah so, stage. and you can see each stage and it's super cool. If you're yeah. just like, I want to see what this is all about and I'm only going to watch one because I think watching mountain bike racing on YouTube is stupid. Yeah. Stage five? Uh, yes. Stage five. Stage five. Wild. Yep. Wild, wild, wild. Yep. So, highly recommend that if you yep. want to just see what this is all about. Yeah. I'm excited about seeing all the pros because I never thought I would see like Nino Scherter. Like, that's kind of cool. Hopefully, he'll I need be there. to figure out who they are first, and then I'll get excited. Yeah, Nino and Chris Blevins, which he's the American hope at this point. But like to see some of the pros, and then there's some World Cup or World Tour pros that come that are retired and stuff like that. So it'll be cool to see those people. Yeah, um, and see how bad we really are, which is interesting. Or, I guess to market it, spin it, how much better they are i like that i like that (laughs) approach much better (laughs) yeah that sounds good it's gonna it's interesting to come because we ride the same course at the same time so it's interesting to come to be like man i feel like we're doing pretty good today and then we come in and and, uh, we did seven hours and they did like four and a half also that is their full-time job it could be my full-time job and i don't think i'm getting a four and a half but Mm. it'll be fun to compare yeah well fun to watch at least you have like some defensibility <laughs> i have a full-time job i have a full-time job man i'm just i'm just here to, i'm just here to party i have plenty of time to train this much but i also have a full-time job yeah, i'm so just here i'm just here to play i just came here for the food are you hanging out after the race yeah uh we'll probably spend a couple of days i think lauren's gonna come with us and she asked me today when to start like looking at flight dates and i think coming like four days earlier would be good Mm -hmm. i don't want to spend a ton of time before because you're like all wigged out you're not going to really enjoy a vacation um when you have what i'm partying (laughs) exactly (laughs) as soon as i land in africa it's yeah exactly Mm -hmm. you're not going to be touring the wine estates pretty very heavily before uh, an eight hour eight day torture fest but i also don't want to be stressed so In my head, like four days feels good. And I would like to see South Africa. Um, It's probably the most, from a tourist standpoint, like the most publicized Mm -hmm. country in Africa. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. And there's a lot of cool stuff to see there. So, yeah, we'll stay 
for a little longer. Yeah. Nice. Man. You? Uh, depends. On? If it's me. If I'm traveling solo. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm traveling. Fair enough. If I'm traveling solo, I will probably only stay maybe like two or three days afterwards. Yeah. And just go hit. I have to hit a safari. I have to. You should. So. You should. If it's just me, like, like say the race ends on, I don't know what the day it is. Let's say the race ends on Friday. We're safari in it on Saturday. I probably fly home on Monday. Yeah. If um i have someone joining me on mm-hmm. the trip then yeah i'll stay as long as they want to stay like i'm already there like what's another week like yeah who cares at that point so uh i want to make it worth their time as well because yeah you know it's gonna be you know they're traveling halfway around the planet to come see me i think we should go play for a while and yeah what's an absolutely extra, extra three or four days that while you're there four days while you're there like like let's go play and goof off and see all the things that we can see and enjoy the trip so have uh, you question mm-hmm. have you ever taken a trip that far not that far the farthest i've ever been i went to europe once and went to italy and greece and croatia okay so what's that like 12 hours yeah basically it's where we change planes that's why i'm asking yeah no i've never it is a fur piece over there yeah i talking to my buddies i mean you're it's a full like 24 hour travel 24 to it was 20 they told me to expect 24 to 30 hours of travel yeah i think that's a healthy expectation yeah i remember i think it's 16 hours of flying i think is what they told me roughly best case yeah yeah because on our way back from tanzania we had four flights (laughs) But the two middle ones were back to back, and I mean like disembark one plane, walk down the concourse, and board the next. Back to back nine hour flights. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. We flew into Amsterdam from Tanzania and then Amsterdam to Atlanta. Back to back niners. Yeah, I think the flights that they gave Which is worse, in my opinion, than a sixteener. Yeah, that was that was that's gonna be rough. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be an adventure for me. Cause uh, we got all sorts of tips and tricks. Good. I'm gonna for need the long all of hauls. Them. Okay. Lauren's probably writing a travel blog as we oh, speak. Perfect. Um, yeah. So if we're going over there together, I'll be sit right between two of you, cuddled up. I think. <laughs> I think that seems the most reasonable place for you to sit. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, okay. So. Going forward, I don't know when we're going to do another one of these episodes or how long we're going to... What are you doing tomorrow? I mean, I'm probably going <laughs> to work and... I don't know. Not another podcast? Not another podcast. Okay. No. No. No, not not with you. Okay. Yeah. Fair I, enough. This is my feel for the week. Okay. Um, Ryan doesn't ask me on the podcast for three years and then he asked me to do 12 of them. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. I'm trying to make you a celebrity. <laughs> Tens of people will listen to this, Saxby. Every single last one of them 10. All all 10 will listen to this (laughs) and will know you. Um, Between now and whenever we record again, I don't know, in a couple months, uh, once training gets fired up and we've kind of done some stupid stuff to this point or to that point, um, what's training look like for you for over the next, let's just say for the next like 90 days, like what are you you thinking and expecting to do? Yeah. um, Because we've kind of started brainstorming some things we need to work on. Yeah. One fringe benefit I will say is my 
teammate is also a professional bike fitter and coach. So that's a nice touch. Way to go, me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my teammate makes a good cocktail. Way to go, me. Touche. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're even. Um, no, I mean, I'm I'm in half decent shape right now. I, I'm not fast by any metric, but... Um, I think fast for me, honestly, goes out the window right now. Yeah. So, like, everything I've done since we've signed up has been zone two, zone three. Like, yeah. I'm, Just building economy. I'm done with the high-end stuff. Like, it does... It's For us right now, it's pointless. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you say you're all about that base? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just... I'd like to continue riding... Uh, are you doing anything specific over the next 90 days? Well, you and I have rule of three yes. in one month. The 50. The 50. Because we thought we were not needing the 100 in but, our lives. But now I think we should do the 100. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. And then no other big events. Yeah. We could also humor doing like the triple threat for Hotter Than Hell. Mm-hmm. That would be a nice kind of back-to-back-to-back smash. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like you said, just, just building base and making sure I'm getting in good long rides on Saturday mornings and then keep pedaling through the week. Yeah. So I have an idea for hotter than hell and we'll talk about it off this because if I talk about it on this, then I'm going to be held to it. And oh I, I don't want to be held to it because oh I might, I might back out. Um, but is it the quadzilla? I'm not mentioning anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ride in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm not mentioning anything. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Same thing. Uh, I just, I'm completely shifted the year's focus for events. Um, I'll do some multi-sport over the summer just to keep me entertained. Cause I want to get back into those and you're going to be an animal this year in the multi-sport world. Eee. What kind of animal squirrel? The kind of animal that runs there. Hamster eight, eight miles at seven minutes. Oof, that's the goal. I need 10 at seven. That's the goal. If I do that, I feel comfortable for the race that I have on the horizon that I have not signed up for that. You can't say here. No. Otherwise you'll be held to it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. But if I can get there, then I feel confident with that race and having a good result. Yeah. So, um, I have no doubt. Yeah. So I mean, I'll just do some fun multi-sport stuff. All sprints, like nothing long, just something to kind of keep me entertained and doing like cross training between the pool and running just kind of stay in overall fitness. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think we'll try to tackle some longer events along the way just for, to give training some enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, one of the things that I'm really not looking forward to is long miles in the winter. Yeah. Cause we're going to have to do, you should not look forward to huge that huge hours in the, in December, January and February. The only fringe Benny is, it's mountain bike. It's mountain biking. So and we can get on the trail. Yeah. Be good and, on the trail. Yeah. And we can jump over to Pentonville or I got the van. If we get clearance from your boss, we can go play somewhere. Lauren? It's a little Lauren? Are you here? She's outside and I heard yes. So <laughs> Okay. Good. Well, uh, it's recorded. I heard it. Uh-huh. I heard it. It's recorded. So yeah, we'll, we'll jump back in in a couple months and do an update episode. And uh, we have some really good ideas for this podcast, uh, for this little series. Um, I think we're going to do a couple episodes between now and the race. Um, 
going to possibly make some short videos. We'll throw them up on Insta or YouTube or whatever, just kind of updating our training so you people can watch what normal people do trying to train for something stupid and our struggles and our kind of what we're doing and how it's going to go. And then race day or race week plus, um, I think I'm going to take my recorder and we will record uh, daily recaps and then do kind of a debrief when it's all said and done and make that all one episode so people can get the full details of how crazy live from south africa exactly we've never done anything like that so that's that's my plan for this wild adventure so uh thanks for coming in thanks for sharing some of your story my pleasure see you in a couple months oh ooh saxby (laughs) is always interested before we go saxby is always interested in yard sale so saxby's yard sale is gonna be that's gonna be i got some questions for you (laughs) okay um question that we talked about beforehand what's your favorite piece of equipment that starts that's under a hundred dollars because you thought it was twenty dollars so a hundred dollars it should be wide open yeah yeah a hundred dollars wide open what was your favorite piece under twenty dollars i don't even know what that would be it's like a gel yeah (laughs) Yeah. chad hodges when you had him on, he said uh, Embro. Ah, yeah, that was a good one. Which is like a cream that you rub on your skin and it mm-hmm. makes your capillaries dilate mm-hmm. and essentially essentially makes you feel warm. We're going to be using a lot of it. <laughs> it essentially makes you feel warm when it's cold out. So I bought some from him and it does work. And I'd say that's probably my best under 20 purchase. If you had one under 100, what would it be? Um... I bought this little Rafa cell phone case and I wanted it for like two years and I couldn't sell, bring myself to buy it because it was like $30. And then I finally <laughs> brought myself to the table and, and, uh, and bought it. But it's, it's a, I used to carry my cell phone in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, for sure. Either rain or a lot of times i just like sweat up the screen yeah so i put in a ziploc bag all the time and that was the case would get like stuck in the bag and whatever anyway so i finally owned up and bought this little rafa cell phone carrying case and i literally use it every single time i ride that's a good one yeah um because you've ridden all over the a lot of places what's uh what's your favorite place to ride Oh man, that that trip to Colorado was pretty epic. We did some rides there outside of Telluride. Uh, that was probably my favorite like trail per se. Mm-hmm. We were on we were on the ski mountain, obviously during the summer, and they had a trail there called Magic Meadows, and we Magic wrote... Magic Mike is that what you said? <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> well Magic Meadows is next to Magic Mike. Oh, okay, good, and. You this where we were descending down through this giant uh grove of aspens, and it was like the weather was coming in. It was kind of one of those perfect scenarios, like it was before it rained, it was kind of the calm before the storm. So, all the aspen leaves were shaking, and the trail was just kind of cut perfectly so that you could ride the whole thing really fast, but you really didn't have to break. Um, it's probably the best trail I've ever ridden, but I mean, bang for your buck for where we are in Oklahoma. It's kind of tough to beat Bentonville. Mm, yeah. 
Which, uh, since we'll be going to Bentonville all the time over the next year in training, <clears throat> Lauren, <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, and since Lauren has given us permission and we've got it on audio, right? Uh, I appreciate that, Lauren. Right? Um, yeah, I agree. Bentonville's hard to beat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've read some cool stuff uh, on the East Coast for sure, um, Texas. But yeah, I mean. It's just like, it's hard to beat when there's 300 miles of mountain biking within a one hour drive. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of hard to. What's your favorite cocktail? Talk. I like this one, Rob Roy, mm. which is a uh, a scotch take on a Manhattan. It was probably, delicious. That's probably my jam during the uh, during the winter time. Work day. Which, which we're exiting. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> right, right. Work day. Um, favorite beer? I've uh, been getting onto the prairie stuff lately. Uh, generally, I'd say Rough Tales, Everything Rhymes with Orange would be my go-to, but this time of year, I'm kind of IPA'd out, looking for something a little lighter. Um, so yeah, any of the prairie sours, mm. pretty high on the list. I just it bought is sour a season. 12-pack, so nice. if you're in the market. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, you have a dream bike? Yeah. Because you look at bikes all the time. I occasionally do. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really I've always liked Cannondale's Lefty. Mm. My best friend in high school had a uh, he had a Jekyll with a lefty, and I thought that was the coolest bike on the planet. And I'm surprised that like through the nineties they haven't dropped a lefty and it's really just kind of gotten better. I have one and I love it. You have one. That's right. Mm-hmm. What yeah. am I thinking? And I always thought that was just kind of a magnificent engineering feat, and it looks cool, and it looks good. Just something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I had Brandon Malott's S-Works Epic that I bought from him, and it had an RS1, which is RockShox kind of top-end race fork, and it had inverted stanchions, so instead of the the big piece sliding up into the small piece, the big piece slid down into the small piece, which is what they do in dirt bikes. But other than the RS one, it's not really done in the mountain biking world. And would you, uh, so what would be your like dream road gravel bike? Oh, do you have um, one of those? Yeah, I really like what I have. Mm -hmm. Got the Canyon grizzle. It's a um, one-by drivetrain, and it's set up kind of like a bikepacking bike Mm -hmm. with the geometry. It's kind of got a a little bit of a slacked head tube and a pretty long wheelbase. The bike I had before it was their a little bit racier version, the Grail. That was probably my favorite bike I've ever owned. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it had those super funky handlebars, um, but man, it... It rode like a, it was agile like a road bike, but it was slacked out enough to be a really good gravel bike. Hmm. And yeah, that'll probably, to date, that'll probably go down as my favorite bike. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's one of the epic events that we haven't talked about that you want to do? Not not like the epic series, but like your bucket list epic events. Like Uh-oh. it could be a run, ride, yeah. hike, anything like What's one big adventure that uh, 
that you have on the list. That's a, that's a big list, my friend. I know you have some pretty awesome travels. So I had this dream trip I want to do. Um, I have many dream trips I want to like to do. This one might be even more dreamy because it is not possible now making it even more elusive. I really want to do a trip to climb Elbrus, which is one of the seven summits. Mm. It's the highest peak in Europe and it's just over the border in Russia. Mm. So you couldn't go there if you wanted to. And then on the other side of the border is Georgia and this fabulous trek I want to do called the Transcaucasian along the Caucasus mountain chain. Mm. And it's just, way off the beaten path and it's kind of a quasi hut to hut it's five day um and i think that would be just an incredible way to spend a month wow it's tagging those two together and and summoning elbrus and then doing the transcaucasian wow that's a big one yeah okay um here's one that wasn't thinking about this one but not everybody on here is listens to mountain bike or rides mountain bikes. What's one piece? We'll close on this one. What's one piece of advice that you would give for a new mountain bike rider? Mm, keep your weight back. <laughs> <laughs> True story. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the big, th- the biggest thing getting into it is just body positioning and where you're putting your weight. And that's like, that could be said whether you're a beginner or a pro, but you know, I see road bikers, that, especially very good road bikers that are extremely strong cyclists. But then, you know, when we have to go around a pothole or jump a curb or something, you know, it kind of looks like they're frozen on their bike <laughs> and they're just extremely static. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mountain bike is, it's a tool to be wielded. Like it's, it's a, it's a scalpel, you know, that you're using to cut the trail and you really need to get off the saddle and you need to move the bike around as needed. Um, but probably the worst thing you can do is ride it like a statue and just be, you don't want to ride it like a road bike. You don't want to be equal weight on the saddle and handlebars when you're going over an obstacle because you are guaranteed going to go over the handlebars. <laughs> so you need to get out of the saddle and you need to be, you need to be mobile and agile so don't don't ride it like a statue. Yeah, that's good. I, I don't ride it like a motorcycle. Totally agree. Yeah, it's just moving around, and that's something that we, I even comment to you about it often. Watch yeah. riding behind you and watching you move so well on like on the mountain bike. Like so, it's easy following you because I watch how you move, and I'm like, ah, I want to move like that. It's like it's more very athletic and not like stagnant on the bike. You're too kind. Oh, thanks. It's the booze talking. What about you, you? I don't give you compliments. What's what, your what about what's me? your number one advice to mountain bikers? Mm. Wait back. That's pretty solid. Um, I would say tire pressure. Really? Yeah. Because you think people go too high? Way too high. Yeah. And I. That's and, that's a good one. Yeah, I, but I would I think wait back is top of the list. But just to give a different answer, yeah, I would say because newbies that I see come through the shop back in the day, or even with gravel and mountain biking usually run recommended amount or even road people triathletes yeah. run recommended on the sidewall it's Don't way too high uh, road or anything i think you can run significantly less than you think but definitely when you get into off-road you need to run 
just over where you're going to burp the tire off the rim. I mean, you need to run the minimal amount that you still get performance out of. So what do you think newbies are riding and what do you think they should be riding as, I would an, as a number? Say, oof, with a number. I would say probably riding in the 30 range. Yeah. Um, should be riding in the 20 range. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I, clearly assuming the, they're riding tubeless, of course, tubeless and depending on the width of the tire, um, and you know, your body weight. But, uh, I mean, if you're a light rider and light, I mean, in the one, you know, say like sub 170, and it goes below that. I mean, there's, you, especially now that you can put, um, you know, cush cores in and stuff like that, which I will probably run, uh, in Africa. Um, I think you could definitely run it down into the, you know, 22 to 18 range depending mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and i think you'd probably be fine with that depending on the tire uh like i have the tan wall mezcals and i think i need to ride those a little bit higher because they're so soft yeah um, is that think, their race version yeah that's think, the non sidewall protection one yeah i think i that caused me a, a problem at thunderbird i think it ran into a smidge too low and it kind of folded up on a corner but Yikes. I, but i think that was my that was my fault um so i think i made a new run slightly more pressure in those but it's just testing going out riding hard and if you feel super squishy in the corners you add just one or two psi until you don't like it's not i think two psi too much is w- way worse than three or four or i would say yeah two or three too much is way worse than two or three too low you'll know when it's too low. It'll feel squishy. And yeah. when you roll around a corner, it feels like you have a flat tire. You need to be just one or two PSI above that. How so, much do you weigh? Uh, well, that's a little bit personal, sir. And we haven't had <laughs> enough alcohol for that. Uh, I'm like 165. And, and I, I run right around 20 on both front and rear. Okay. Like if it's a super fast like skip, I'll run it like between 18 and 20, depending. Um, if it's really rocky, like when I went to Bentonville, I run like 21, 22. What were you running a T-Bird when you had issues? Uh, I was running 18 on the front, and that's where I rolled it on the, those really soft tires. So I'll probably run like 20 to 22 on those from now on. Even a T-Bird? Yeah. In rocky think, sections or throughout? I think throughout. Just on those tires. Yeah. Oh, okay. On my other tires, on my Maxxis, I run like 20, pretty standard. I got and you. fine. Because that sidewall's supple? Yeah, it's too soft, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be it. Good question. Um, is there anything else you want to do before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, I want to share with you a quote. Oh, I like quotes. Let's hear it. I'm reading a book called the modern explorers, which is a compilation of 30 or so short stories ranging from the Arctic, the mountains, the ocean, essentially people to do things first, in modern history. And I read this little paragraph and it, this is from a guy named Chris Bonington who was, uh, did the first ascent on a obscure mountain you've never heard of in the Himalayas. But I read this paragraph and I thought of you, of course this is about climbing and we're doing mountain biking, but give it some grace to me. That climb has everything that makes a great adventure. Spontaneity, Exploration, a magnificent objective set in the wildest scenery, superb and varied climbing, the thrill of risk, uncertainty of outcome to the very end, 
And finally, the smallness and compatibility of a two-person team. I don't think there's anything to add. And I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with that. (laughs)